You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you enjoy what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Subscribing does not cost you a single cent and ensures you never miss another episode. Most of all, we just love and appreciate all of your listens and support. You make it worth having a chat. As the Jets are taking a bit of a respite on tonight's uh, schedule, we are going to talk about a couple of different things. The first thing that I thought would be cool to do again is highlight some of our top performers and uh, plays over the last couple of weeks. Whether it's a goal or a save or maybe a hat trick or something, we'll cover a few of these plays and who's really making them. And then for the rest of the show, I'm going to do a list of things that I'm thankful for for the season, as it is almost American Thanksgiving. And, uh, you know, there are plenty of things to be happy about. And uh, I just want to spread a little bit of holiday cheer. Uh, But first off, let's talk about some of the top plays over the past couple of weeks. Uh, Unfortunately, one of these will be against the Jets. And that one, of course, we'll start off first with is Connor McDavid's goal uh, that ended up tying the game against the Jets before Winnipeg then fell in a shootout. This one, Logan Stanley got horribly victimized, which is not surprising. I mean, McDavid will do this to just about anyone, but if you're Stanley and you don't really have like a lot of high-end lateral agility, right, and you maybe mistime or misread the direction that McDavid is going to reverse against you with, it's it's basically impossible to really mark him, right? Some players have done it well, like Neil Pionk, who basically just like propels himself at about 100 miles an hour right into Connor. For all of Stanley's size, there are times where he's actually not that physical. And in this sequence, McDavid just kind of had him. Uh, You know, Connor sort of lured him towards the center. Stanley overcommitted to the central space, and it was already kind of half covered by his partner in DeMello. But, you know, McDavid basically made it a one-on-one of a sort by pushing Stanley centrally. Logan bit a little bit too hard, and then Connor reverses towards the exterior again and just sort of backhands a shot right over Helly's shoulder. It wasn't nearly as bad as the four-on-one goal that the Rangers conceded to McDavid the other day, but it was not far off either. And I know people will say, well, McDavid would do that to anyone. And that is true. It's just, in that sequence, you probably would like Stanley to not overcommit like that. If you push yourself centrally and kind of give him a lane to the exterior, McDavid will absolutely explode around the wing side or any of the flanks and just open that space up very quickly. So not somebody that you can allow on goal, and especially if you uh, end up kind of hitting your own other defensive partner and taking away your safety valve option. So, you know, McDavid, right now he's continuing like a crazy point streak. I think he's going for 18 straight games, according to the uh, NHL.com front page. He just can't stop racking up points, which isn't surprising. He is the heart and soul of that Oilers team. And while he does have some pretty good offensive support in the, uh, the first couple of lines, it's not like that Oilers roster is a juggernaut with how it's stacked. So, pretty crazy performance. Uh, in hat tricks, we've got an interesting one coming last night against the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, The Ottawa Senators actually had a player score a Hattie, which is pretty rare for them. This one was coming from Zach Sanford, and even though Sanford actually did score a Hattie, uh, they ended up losing 5-7. One of the goals, I think, last night was 
another highlight reel play. I don't know who it was, um, so I'm just going to talk about the players, or I guess the team in general. Colorado scored this one against, uh, I think it was Gustafson in net, and this one was just a beautiful tic-tac goal sequence where uh, you had two passers. There was the net side passer on the left who pulled the goalie a little bit out, uh, and then you had the low slot central passer who I think fed the the guy on the left, and the guy on the left then pinged it behind the goalkeeper to the right side winger or whoever it was, might have been Kadri or something in the net, who then just tapped it home. The left side forward probably could have just shot and scored himself, but then he passed it off in a bit of a generous act, and it was also a little bit showy, a little bit to stunt on uh, Ottawa's goaltender and defense, so one of the uh, crazier sequences you'll see this year. You don't often see people passing across the goal crease like that, especially right in front of an empty net. I guess you're really going to sweat out the goal opportunity there. Our next play was a lot less elegant. You could call it a tic-tac goal sequence, even though it was a very different kind. This one was Jamie Drysdale. I believe it was yesterday. He somehow double-doinked a puck off of like two Nashville defenders. I'm not even sure how this exactly occurred. He just sort of took a, a long distance shot. It hit the first defender on the left who might have been Yossi and then off of Yossi or whatever it then pinged off of his partner. His partner was facing towards his own net which I guess you could say was the mistake if you could even call it that. Just a really horrifically unlucky deflection. Saros had the angle covered perfectly on the initial shot, but the double deflection just completely caught him at an angle that there was literally no way he could make a save unless he sort of, I don't know, grew an extra foot or two. Just an absolutely unbelievable goal and the kind that you probably score once in your entire career. You'd be lucky to see it happen more than once in like five NHL seasons. I've seen crazy deflections like that, but nothing quite on that scale. That was just, yeah, very strange. Um, you usually only see it happen off of one player or something, or if it's a double deflection, it's like a line of guys and pings off two people in a column, but not from a weird angle, and, and not two players that are actually separated by a fair distance. The last play that we're going to highlight actually came from last night's game. We had a great save from Connor Hellebuck. You probably remember it. It was, uh, it was a PK save, which we all know the Jets PK. Not exactly known for killing penalties, unless you prefer killing penalties by conceding goals, right? So this one was a phenomenal rolling save. I don't exactly know how Hellebuck even managed to read this. I think it was Rust or Gensel who took the shot, uh, maybe somebody else, but they were basically on the right side, just inside the slot in the face-off circle area, and the distance to the net was actually almost zero. I mean, this was pretty close to point blank, relatively speaking, you know, a couple feet away, but uh, close enough that it should have been a bang-bang goal. Somehow, Hellebuck, who had initially made a great stop, had to roll on uh, basically his butt and managed to kick up his left pad and somehow stop the shot. The closest thing you could probably call it is like a weird reverse scorpion save or something. It's just one of those things where in the moment Hellebuck had to improvise a save. I'm sure it's got some technical name that I don't know, but either way, just an unbelievable stop, and Hellebuck looked pretty good last night. He's starting to round into form again, which is good for the Jets, and I think Winnipeg itself is looking more and more like a genuine playoff contender. Past couple of games, they've had some rough spots, and there are some things to adjust, but overall, still a very solid team. Throughout the season, we will have more of these player and play highlights. Uh, I'm sure there's plenty of stuff that's going to shock and amaze us, maybe even some stuff from the upcoming Olympics. But for now, I wanted to transition to something else and talk about things that I am thankful for from this season. Before we move on, though, I thought you'd hear a little bit about why Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market. Are you someone who loves protein bars? Are you tired of all of your favorite protein bars tasting like ash and dirt? Maybe you're ready for a change. And as a fellow protein bar appreciator, I can tell you that Built Bar is your best alternative. 
It's the only protein bar that tastes more like a candy bar, with a 100% chocolate exterior and a soft, chewy interior. It comes in several delicious flavors like salted caramel, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate, and so many other great flavors. Built Bar often releases very special, limited edition, limited quantity flavors that once they're gone, they're gone for good, so stay tuned to their social media platforms and their website to make sure you never miss another flavor. As delicious as Built Bars are, they're even better for you, with most bars clocking in at around 130 to 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of net carbs, and 17 to 18 grams of protein. Built Bars are perfect for every lifestyle, whether you're looking to maintain or lose weight. Placing your order couldn't be easier. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 at checkout for 15% off at Built.com. Place your order today for the best tasting protein bar on the market. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. As I mentioned earlier in tonight's episode, I wanted to talk about a couple of things that I am thankful for in regards to the season and just in general. Uh, This will all be like hockey-related stuff, I guess, but um, maybe even some Jets-related stuff. The first thing that I would say I'm thankful for is a pretty easy thing, and it actually involves you. It's just you. I'm just happy to have somebody to share the season with. You know, I would say over the past couple of years, my Jets fandom has hit some, I I would say, rough patches, and this year in general has been more challenging on a personal level than I kind of expected. Even now, I still have a lot of conflicting thoughts about the team, and if you've listened to previous episodes and you understand my my thoughts and feelings on the shovel day off situation, you understand why, as a, as a fan of the team, it makes you not want to be a fan. So in the time in between, it's just nice that, you know, you're still listening, you're still kind of taking in some of the Jets games. I appreciate that you are... Uh, Well, you're supporting me uh, and you're supporting our wonderful podcast network. And I'm thankful for that because otherwise I I wouldn't really be doing this. You know, I kind of came on a couple of years ago now. And, you know, at the time I wasn't really planning on being a full-time podcaster, let alone a daily podcaster. That was never something that I had ever planned for myself, I guess. And now I kind of do it as a fun hobby, a fun side thing and a chance to really talk Jets with you. So thank you. Um, Every time you interact with me on Twitter or social media or whatever, I appreciate it. Even for those of you who really dislike me, I still appreciate you. You're still listening. You're still giving me constructive feedback. So thank you for engaging all the same. Um, The next thing that I would say I'm really thankful for is that we're actually even having a season. It's been a weird couple of years, hasn't it? I mean, COVID has changed everything, really. I don't know that there's any part of society that hasn't been impacted. And so for us to even get to watch hockey this year it's a bit of a miracle. I mean, it's also something that in some ways I don't think is entirely right either. You know, I know that the players probably say they accept the risks and they understand them, but you really can't say that for sure, right? You really don't know if they fully grasp all of the potential consequences. So whatever the case may be, at least they have a formalized agreement with the NHL and they've they've got some stuff in writing in case things start to go south. I guess the the biggest question for me going forward is, do we even have like an Olympics appearance? In my mind, I think that the the NHL should probably abstain with all of the COVID outbreaks over the past couple of months and stuff. And certainly the the current situation with the Chinese tennis star, if you haven't seen it yet, another situation of uh, assault and abuse that is currently being covered up and, and kind of being a bit papered over by the International Olympics Committee, which is just horrible. And so I think the NHL should just, you know, withdraw from the Olympic competition and kind of stay back, even though I know that's not going to happen. I'm sure if enough players are healthy, they'll send whoever they can. 
Another thing that I am also thankful for is that players like Kyle Beach, who have had to sit in silence for so long, have finally gotten a measure of closure. It's not full justice, and there's still a lot of work left to be done, but this is maybe the first time where we've actually seen consequences bear fruit in the NHL. I always think it's important for people to voice their their emotions and feelings and talk about the things and experiences that have shaped them, and especially when it comes to something like this that is part of a system that is often very broken, and the, the same with hockey culture in general. It's important that Beach got some kind of a victory here. I mean, it's obviously it's hard to call it a victory with everything that has happened, but, you know, he's still working on the recovery process himself, and I'm thankful that he's gotten the chance and the platform to make his voice known, to share his story and experience, and to help be a catalyst for positive change. On the ice, I, I guess I'm thankful for a couple of very basic things. You know, I'm thankful that the Jets are, for the most part, all healthy. It's very bad when any of them gets hurt or gets sick. You certainly don't want to see anyone with COVID, and I think with all of the infections that have been going around, the Jets had a, a bout with it recently. It's good that the guys are recovering and, and seem healthy enough. Hopefully they don't have any um, impacts and carryovers from the initial infections. I think there are a lot of people out there who haven't been as fortunate, and so it's it's just a bit of a blessing that the Jets, for the most part, are in good shape and, and seem to be doing all right. Um, and as far as the Jets are concerned, I would also say, again, I'm just thankful that Winnipeg now has, you know, a franchise goalie. They've got players who definitely fight for the badge at times. I think the acquisitions of Nate Schmidt and Evgeny Svechnikov have done a world of good for this team. You know, Schmidt has a, a wonderful beaming personality and just seems like the kind of guy that you would want to grab a pint with. He's hilarious. He's got a great personality, great character, and it seems like he wants to be one of the leaders on the ice, if not in the locker room. And uh, Svechnikov, you know, he's had a winding journey throughout the league, and it's been a bit of a rough ride to get into the NHL, but he's finally gotten here. He looks like he's destined to stay up. I think he's been great for the team. He gives the Jets additional uh, offensive firepower. He's got a great power forward game that quite actually suits this team. And uh, as we found out from the recent mic'd up interview that he did, or I, g I guess you can't really call it like an interview, but he, he just was talking to himself. I guess you could say he was interviewing himself. Um, you, you kind of found out that he's got a wonderful personality. He is absolutely hysterical. One of the funniest players I've seen uh, play for the Jets, like on Nate Schmidt level of funny, maybe even funnier because his delivery can occasionally be like very understated and deadpan. And uh, it certainly doesn't help that on the ice, he's been a great player. So I'm thankful that these guys have chosen Winnipeg and, you know, have joined us. Vancouver and uh, Detroit, their former teams might not have been, I wouldn't say, you know, our, our prime destinations to be playing right now, but certainly a lot of guys have chosen cities other than Winnipeg. So it's nice that the Jets finally got a couple of players who seemingly want to be here. This season is still yet young and there is a long way to go. And so I, to close out this episode, I thought it might actually be a good time to reflect on where the Jets are what I think might happen going forward, and what I genuinely think Winnipeg's odds of making the postseason and actually advancing through a round or two are. So stay tuned. Before we move on, though, I thought you should hear a little bit about why BetOnline.ag should be the only place you do your online betting. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on for another football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Into another sport? No problem. BetOnline has your back with European football, soccer, NASCAR, MLS, MLB, NBA, every kind of sport imaginable is at your fingertips. 
Go to betonline.ag on your laptop or mobile device and sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From all your favorite sports right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the safest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. So start your winning path today. Sign up for a free account at betonline.ag and don't forget promo code LOCKEDON at registration. BetOnline, where the game starts. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are uh, talking about some different things, and I talked about, you know, some of the top plays of the uh, past couple of weeks, some things that I've been thankful for in advance of American Thanksgiving. And now I guess the the natural transition point as we head into the, um, I would say like the middle part of the Winnipeg schedule is to talk about where this team kind of goes from here. It's been an interesting season. There are some parts that I think were predictable and some parts that even now still kind of surprise me. The predictable stuff is that Hellebuck would probably be good again. You know, the Jets offense would probably score a decent amount of goals. But maybe the thing that kind of caught me off guard was just how solid and and, and well-rounded this team is. There are a number of issues that they still have to work out, right? The PK, very big sore spot. The defense is still kind of um, rough, I would say, in certain areas. You know, you've still got some very obvious pairings that either don't quite work all that well or maybe they exchange defense for lots and lots of offense, right? So you kind of have to take the good with the bad. It's very Pittsburgh-y in a lot of ways when the Pens defense uh, for the Champs teams wasn't that great and and still had to rely more on scoring than preventing opportunities against. I, I think that's a lot like what the Jets are doing right now, which in my opinion is actually more fun and it fits with how this team wants to play this year. So in that respect, I'm, I'm pleased with the team's performance. I think it's been a much better year than I was expecting. I think the Jets are on an upward trajectory. The only things that I, th- I think really need to be addressed are, A, how you deal with Wheeler and, and sort of limit his time without making him feel like a bit part, and B, how to best balance the lines. I think that Wheeler being moved around and given a, a reduced role would be one step in the right direction. There were lines earlier that were working pretty well, and I think more than likely Maurice will go back to them at some point. I think we saw it start to happen in the last game, and maybe Maurice understands, you know, Zvechnikov on that line with Connor and Dubois, that's the trio that works. So if it ain't broke, don't try and fix it, you know. I know that he wants to give Wheeler the role that you would associate with a captain and somebody who was a top six forward, but I think all of us in some capacity, and even Blake probably knows, that's just not the role that he can play anymore. I think he can still do okay or even well in a certain role that's maybe more second or third line minutes. He doesn't have to go to like the fourth line or anything, even if his impacts at times have been closer to that. This year, I I think he's actually done a lot better. It's just that you have to give him the right fits for his line. And I think once you do that, he's going to be, you know, a pretty, pretty okay player. And he can be important for this team in a role that doesn't force him to try and sprint up and down the ice and uh, punch above his, his weight at this point. You know, if he's forced to be on the counter all the time and go back and forth constantly, I don't think that his skating and his age really supports that anymore. So maybe work him into a more physical forechecking line, one that can rely on just sort of bullying and and muscling your way through. And I think that would actually fit the way that he plays now. Uh, As far as the other lines are concerned, the Jets definitely need an extra bit of scoring from somewhere. I don't know who would be the best option other than like a Cole Perfetti. I'd be in favor of maybe looking at Christian Veselainen. I know that Vesa's game has 
been shaped to be something that I don't think is really his actual style. I think he's tried to be more of a power forward in part because that's the role that the fourth line is usually asked to play. I don't think that's Veselainen's best, you know, use though. I think if you give him like top six talent to work with and you ask him to be more of a finisher and passer, you're going to find that his game is far more dynamic than what we're seeing. We get flashes of it, but it's not consistent. You know, if you're if you're not going to call up Perfetti or any of those players, then try to promote some of the guys internally. Harkins could probably go to the fourth line, and I think he'd be a lot more successful there. Promote Veselainen, promote Svechnikov, use some of these guys in more offensive roles, and I think the Jets are going to have a much better time. As this team is, it's definitely a playoff team, and I don't think that there's any real question about that. As far as what they would do in the postseason, though, I think this is like a two-rounder kind of squad. I think that right now the Jets still have enough weaknesses to where... Making a deep run isn't really realistic unless Hellebuck goes on like amazing heater or something like that. But with some adjustments, they might be able to push to round three or even a conference final if they were very fortunate. I think that their competition in the Central Division isn't super stout this year. So if there's another season to make hay like it was last year, this would be it. I, I don't think that they will win the cup or anything like that, and they might not even get all that close, but I think they're going to be a lot more watchable, and maybe that's the best we can hope for. But it's going to be more fun, it's going to be better than previous years, and maybe that's all I'm asking for this season. Let me know your season expectations of what you think this team is capable of at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. For tonight's episode, though, that is going to do it. Thanks for making Locked on Jets your first listen of the day every day. Now make your second listen Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all your favorite podcasting platforms, so be sure to subscribe today. And as always, thank you for listening, have a great night, and go Jets go!